the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. It is brought to you by River City Community Church, the greatest church in this, this side of town. That's it. No. <laughs> greatest church on this property right now. <laughs> oh, man. No, this is a fantastic church. Pastor Sean, you're actually you're in the middle of a series right now. Yes. That, again, I, I said before, is a sweet spot for you. Yeah, it's called No Place Like Home. It's a series on family. And I love that subject because I am a firm believer that God is into families, that he placed us in families. Families are where people are made, where people are raised. It's our first culture. It's our first community. And as such, it is critical, critically important. And so it's a great study. We've been talking about, uh, we started first just on the concept of family. And then we began talking about, uh, we're in a section on marriage and we're going to talk about parenting and just, you know, we're really just going to kind of unpack family because I, I have a passion to see people have healthy families. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're, you're the testimony of a, of a great family there and your generations and next generation that's coming. So God oh, bless yeah. you, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. We, uh, we are absolutely, we love, you know, kind of hanging with our family and we get to work together through River City. Uh, my son, Ryan, Rachel, and my son, Ryan, and his wife, Rachel are planting a church landmark, but we're very involved with that. So it's just a, it's one of those things where you're like, Lord, thank you. This is really good. But you know, again, it's all a product of family. We're not the only family like that. We've got lots of families who are multi-generational working in ministry and serving here through River City and other places. And it's great to see. Awesome. Uh, I got to spend some time with my family there. My daughter flew up to a Chicago. I told you last week, dude, I love your old hometown well that's right Bear. i become a believer well that's right i mean when you become a bears fan then i'll know <laughs> no, no, I was not gonna say that. <laughs> then i'll know you really no it is a it is a very unique place isn't yeah. it it is it is uh the weather was great we saw a cubs game there so the sun came out for that little portion of the it was just perfect and then it got cold again yeah well but uh it was also record store day so i got to experience a couple of record stores in chicago that oh was yeah really cool yes yes yes, yes. you you're that type of, you know, the your musical background and all the things that you love, you, there'd be a lot of places in Chicago that you could get lost. And we, yeah, and we went to uh, Italian Village. Mm. Have you heard of this place? I, I don't know Italian The Village. oldest Italian restaurant in Chicago. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, you walk in and they've got all the black and white photos of all the celebrities who'd been there, and so help me, it went back. Was it on Taylor Street? Was it around oh, Taylor Street? Because that, that's the old area of the Italian neighborhood where a lot of those old traditional restaurants still are. Yeah. Again, we, may, I may have been there, I just don't remember that particular name, but but I, I've been to a number of those places, and when we go visit, we try to go down to Taylor Street, some of those traditional places. Yeah. There's some new places that are great throughout the city as well, but yeah, that old Italian area is pretty special. Yeah, why didn't you tell me about that? Because <laughs> I don't want a bunch of, you know, people who don't Tourists. appreciate it, tourists going and ruining it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Anyway, just a real great town. You know, we actually felt safe. Uh, on the eve of the uh, the riots that happened last week, you know. Well, afterward the riots, you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I found that interesting that you were going right after uh, that. 
they upped their game. The cops were on every corner. My daughter's going to school there on the campus right there in the loop, and uh, and she felt great that there was a policeman on every corner, right. uh, either sitting in the car with the lights on, sitting in the middle of the intersection like, we're here. And then we couldn't go into the, the park uh, without getting wanded first, a, a park that was open to everyone from all angles. They had one entrance to get in. And uh, they were doing their job. They stepped it up. That's one of those things. And let's, we're going to talk about that today. Just a little bit about that. Because for me, that's kind of, I love the city of Chicago. Uh-huh. You know, I'm here in San Antonio. I love San Antonio. I love the, I love the weather, especially in the winter. Correct. In the summer, I, I long for, <laughs> you know, being up north. But uh, overall, I love San Antonio. I love where I live. But there's a special part of my heart for Chicago. I grew up there. there. It's a very unique culture. It's a big city. It's very different from New York. It, it's a whole it, lot cleaner. The sidewalks were amazingly clean. I noticed that. Yeah, in the area you were. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you were in the nicest areas. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah, well, and very much so. I mean, we, Lori and I went to Chicago with some friends uh, a year or so ago. Okay. And we asked because already a lot of unrest had been happening and a lot of just negative stuff going on. And again, Chicago's always had, it's always had racial stuff. It's always had your ethnic neighborhoods and your, I've often told people before, you know, at Chicago, in Chicago, we were kind of equal opportunity prejudice. (laughs) It's, it's true. It's true. They they had labels for people and everything, but they kind of all got along and did their thing. Well, obviously with where things have gone in recent years, after George Floyd, the rise, or at least the prominence now, the forefront where the woke movement have moved. A lot of cities have felt even more divided. And we were there, and our cab driver said, no, in the downtown, in the areas, old town, downtown, where you're, most of the tourists are going to go, it's usually pretty nice, mm-hmm. pretty well-kept because they got a lot of police presence there. But you get outside of that, and he says, it's been, it's noticeable, and people yeah. are moving out in droves. Well, when, it doesn't help that, you know, all these businesses, thank, thank you, COVID, went out of business, so there's less jobs. Right. Walmarts are shutting down all over the country because of now the crime and the looting that's happening in there. Right, right. And so what, what else are you going to do? We, we have to go there now to go riot, I guess. Well, the, and that, that's the part that, you know, when you, for example, Walmart kind of pulling out of cities and the, the cities saying it's a Walmart's fault. And I'm a big proponent, and you know where we're going to end up on this podcast is talking a little bit about leadership. Mm. When leaders decide that the things that have always made healthy societies, law and order, responsibility, consequences, anybody who's raised a child knows those things are very important. Mm. When you just say, no, they're not. And you right away blame the victims, you excuse the perpetrators, and you do it because of, and you know, sometimes it's the, well, it's a race thing, and you know, so people can't be held responsible because of their race, or it's a lack of opportunity, or there's an oppressor, or whatever it is, you come up with these excuses. And I think those are horribly dismissive of the human potential of every person. God created people with a desire to do something meaningful, He created them for relationship with Him. The scripture says, we were created for good works in Christ Jesus. And so when leaders with low expectations, what they're trying to do, they're pandering. The mayor of Chicago, the mayor-elect, his name's Brandon Johnson. Now, Lori Lightfoot was the former mayor, and she was ousted because of what a train wreck she's made of the city, how horribly she managed the pandemic, how horribly she's dealt with crime. The new mayor-elect, he hasn't even taken office. And right away, he begins to excuse 
these just hundreds and thousands of students who are in the downtown area, high tourist area, very nice area of town, just destroying things, attacking people. You know, there was one particular video that was particularly disturbing. And um, if you didn't see it, you you wouldn't know this. But it was a uh, young woman trying to get into her apartment. She happens to be white. And this entire crowd of students around her. And they're all black and they attack her. And she goes down before them. Now, the good news is, at least the report is, that her injuries were not too severe. And she ended up being okay. But it's like the papers, which would... You know, if those if those racial roles were reversed, that would have been national news everywhere, and it would have been this big conversation, this horrible outcry. You simply switch the races, and there's literally no mention. It's this quiet cricket, and it's like we can't even talk about it. We can't even mention it because of a, a woke, politically correct ideology, and if it doesn't fit the ideology, then we're not going to talk about it. And it's like the people who are most hurt by that are the ones who are excused, mm. you know, Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson, his comments where he warned people, urged the public not to, quote, demonize the hordes of rampaging young people who set cars on fire, clash with cops, and damage private properties. That's, that's the New York Post, what they're having to say about it. <laughs> he said it this way. He, Johnson said, in no way do I condone the destructive activity we saw in the loop in the lakefront this weekend. Well, that's good. Thank you for Thank that. You. It's unacceptable and has no place in our city, Johnson stated. However, it's not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved for opportunities in their own communities. He continued, our city must work together to create spaces for youth to gather safely and responsibly under adult guidance and supervision to ensure that every part of our city remains welcome for both residents and visitors. Okay, yes, should we try to help create spaces for youth? And the thing is, he referred in another section of his comments to these youth being desperate. And, and it's like, at a certain point, you have to hold people responsible for their actions. Right. Yes, there may be kids who lack opportunities, but come on, you're in the United States of America. You have opportunities. You may not have as much as some, or you may have more than others. But the fact is, you are in the United States, and for students who want, who students who are have the mindset to say, I want to improve, there are opportunities. But the problem is, because of leaders, because of media, because of others, these same students have had hammered on them. You are oppressed. doesn't matter. They, they might be a middle-class kid living and going to a, a decent school, but if, they, if they're of a certain race or a certain skin tone or whatever, you're, you've been oppressed. Mm. And the kid may be going, I didn't know I was oppressed. Mm. You know, there's a very interesting kind of sequence of Colin Kaepernick's progression where he grew up in Palos Verde, California, which is a very wealthy nice. area. You know, I, we used to live right near there, and it's you go up there and drive. It's beautiful, right on the ocean, on these cliffs overlooking the ocean. It's gorgeous. That's where he grew up. And a few years before, early on in his college, he had this great post on uh, the Fourth of July, just giving th- so thankful for America and the opportunities I have. He, it's actual. It's there. He has the post of just his gratitude for America and just you know, just a very nice what you would expect from a kid who was privileged, a kid who was wealthy, a kid who was a great athlete, had great opportunities. And then of course he became Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Right? After being an NFL quarterback, being highly paid, being made famous, you know, all all the wonderful opportunities that this nation has afforded for Colin Kaepernick, he decided he was oppressed and the police were the problem. And you know, and that's when he began his flag protest, and we got to protest the whole country. And then he becomes this person who most recently throws his parents, who adopted him and raised him, right. under the bus. And it's just like for being racist. Yes, 
And, and they, they took him in. They gave him everything. He's had a storybook life by any standard, but he's going to set up as the oppressed. Now, if you're a regular kid, maybe you're not, parents aren't rich. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do have a single mom, but you still are able to go to a decent school. You have opportunities for education. But if Colin Kaepernick's oppressed, then you're, you have no chance at all. Correct, right. It's just a mindset. And I, the problem is leadership, yeah. Baron. It's leadership. These leaders who are making these statements, you know, and the way uh, Alvin Bragg in New York City, the district attorney, who right away, first day, his first edict is, is these minor crimes, minor shoplifting, um, breaking and entering, stealing, the, all these certain crimes, the, we're not going to prosecute those. Well, the surprise, they had a rise in those kind of crimes yeah, in yeah. New York City. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we saying to people? How can you possibly have a, a reasonable society when there are no rules, no law and order, no consequences? Leadership starts in the home, Pastor Sean. Where, who are the leaders are we talking about besides well, let, the mayor? Let me just say, that, that is a great point, Baron. Uh-huh. That's a great point because, you know, for example, if kids grow up in a healthy family, like I don't care what color skin they have. If you got mom and dad, and mom and dad are people who work hard and who know that the secret to being to growth, the secret to prospering, right? When you start talking about a healthy authority structure, you start hard work, discipline, healthy consequences. Their parents understand that, they raise those kids. One, they hear those leaders and they think they're insane. Right. Because <laughs> they know what that leader is saying is empirically not true. They understand that. But the ones who struggle so much are kids who don't have a home structure like that. Mm-hmm. They don't have two parents or they don't have a parent who can who can really teach them and say i don't care what that mayor says i don't care what that district attorney is saying no no what what leads to good things in life is when you develop the character and control your actions and you work hard and you take advantage of the opportunities you have yeah. and uh, so you're right uh, you know one of the things we know baron is is homes particularly without fathers yeah. His fathers are often that authority figure. They're that disciplinarian. They're the ones who remind a kid, you're not God, you know, Correct. <laughs> and you, you, you know, seriously, they, they just kids with homes without fathers. The statistics are mind boggling on how much, how many problems come from those type of situations. I'm looking at a stat sheet right now at uh, fixfamilycourts.com and uh, uh, children brought up in a, in a single mother home. Uh, five times more likely to commit suicide, nine times more likely to drop out of high school, 10 times more likely to be uh, to abuse chemical substances, 14 times more likely to commit rape, 20 times more to end up in prison, and 32 times more likely to run away from home. In 1979, there were 600,000 out-of-wedlock births. In uh, 2003, there were 1.5 million unwed births. Mm, yeah. That's, that's a little jump, you know, when you're doubling down. And it's all these things, you know, when we talk about sexual ethics, we talk about other things like that, and we go, oh, that's so oppressive, why Why can't we? And then you see all these kids born out of wedlock, and you see the consequences, and these are actual people, these are actual lives, God loves and cares about these people, and you go, oh, that, that's why. That's the thing I think that we're trying to talk about, and I want every person to stop and say, I'm not going to listen to this garbage from these leaders, from the media, the media that will, will parrot these leaders and never challenge them. We can talk about media. We can talk about, you know, government or whatever. It always comes back to leadership, doesn't it? And whether that's in the home, parents, whether that's in schools, whether that's in communities, uh, healthy leadership creates environments where healthy people can grow. All right. So, Pastor Sean, how do we as Christians respond? Yeah, I, I think that's the, 
point. We, we, it'd be real easy just to get down. I, I'm bothered by what I see in Chicago. That's my, that, you know, I grew up there. Yeah. And I love that city. But it is truly becoming a hellhole mm-hmm. in so many places. It's just sad. And not all of it, but but it's just when you love a place and you love people there, it's like to see it be destroyed like that is hard. What can we do as believers? I think this is where the church has to recognize, okay, participate in the political process, vote for leaders that are good leaders, you know, where you can, but sometimes there are no good leaders to vote for. Yeah, we'd have a right? choice. You, you don't have a choice. The bottom line, though, is is we participate in that, but we don't put our hope in that. I mean, we as believers absolutely have to be people who take the pick up the mantle to pray for our cities, to pray for our cities. I can't necessarily change a whole city by myself, but I can influence people. I can influence a person. I can influence a family. And I can influence kids. We have a school, uh, River City Believers Academy. And some kids are from great families. Some kids are from families that are really struggling. But it's an opportunity for us to influence Kids, those are kids who are learning. They are learning that God loves them. They are learning that God has a plan for their life. They're learning the wisdom of the word of God. Those are kids who I envision when they graduate, they love Jesus. They have learned how to love people. Um, They also know when they hear garbage coming from leaders, they can sense, they know that. They can tell the difference between wisdom and foolishness. So many people don't. But when you are a person who has grown up with the Lord's presence, the word of God, you've been around wise people, it changes you. And so wherever we can help individuals, we have a school, we have a youth ministry, but we all have neighbors. I think some of the things that are being said, I think people are scared, Baron. I think they're worried about some of the insanity. They see what's happening in Chicago, these kind of things, and they go, what's going on? Or they, they see, hear some of the statistics and they hear conversations about transgender treatment for kids and transgender athletes and sport, and they're like, what is going on? And I think that's when we, we just kind of have to bring people back together and show them, oh, this is not surprising. Romans 1 told us all about that. Mm-hmm. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Mm-hmm. And they exchanged the worship of God for the worship of images. And, you know, you just, we have the answer. And don't be shy about it. You know, as followers of Christ, I guess we all have influence. Leadership is influence, right? You might go, well, I'm not a leader. I don't have any official official leadership title. Yeah, but you have influence. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you, use your influence. Use your voice to let people know there's a God who loves them. They were created for something more and influence. Great call, Pastor Sean. I, can I tell you my little ministry moment I got to have in uh, Chicago? I'd love to hear it. I was in the uh, the, the Chicago Art Institute there, right? Right. The big museum. Beautiful. And uh, walked in this one section. All the people that were employees there in, in each section, you know, would just sit, sit there bored out of their mind. And no one's talking to mm-hmm. them. So I kind of, you know, gave a little Texas nod to the nice lady standing there. And she goes, how are you? I'm, I'm fine. You're the first person to speak to me all day. Well, sugar, let me just tell you here, I may not look 67 years old, but, you know, she was real sweet and just right. started engaging in conversation. So as we got kind of chatting, where you're from and, and do you like your job and all that kind of stuff, it kind of came out where I said, well, God bless you. And she goes, you believe her? I said, you know, I am sister. And she goes, uh, well, man, I'd appreciate it if you'd pray for me because, uh, I, I want to, you know, I'm 67 and I, I still have it in my heart to adopt a kid. You know, mm. I want to do, do something like that. And I said, well, let me pray for you right now. And she goes, would you, but, uh, don't do it with your eyes closed and don't put your hands on me because they're watching. Right. Like she was scared. Like right. You said they're scared. Sure. Of course. So, but I just had this little moment where again, you can have church 
right yes, there. Yes, Baron, that's powerful. And that's the kind of thing, you know, you're, you could sit and lament what's happening or you can look for those divine appointments. Right. And I think that's powerful. I think it's important. Well done. On the B side, there was a guy outside the place that was street preaching and that I didn't feel the love on that guy, you know. <laughs> God bless him. Well, and, and, and some people are good at it; some people aren't. <laughs> well, he wasn't using the right Bible, I guess. Is, what it was. <laughs> is that it? No, yeah, that's a that's a whole nother conversation. Right. Now, I just encourage us don't don't despair, mm-hmm. don't despair about this stuff, but just be open to saying, God, how do you want me to lead and influence? Mm-hmm. Lead. I want I want to make sure my kids leave my home and they know and love Jesus and they are followers. I want to make sure that in my community, any kid who's in trouble, that I'm a person who they can come to and I can help, you know, speak into their life. Um, and then of course we all have divine appointments all the time. Yeah. God has opportunities for us just to minister and share and speak to someone. So we can be beaten down and think, man, this whole culture is going to hell in a handbasket. Or we can say, you know what? That's when the light shines brightest when it's dark. Just let your light shine before men that they can see the father who's in you. All right. Pastor Sean, when you talk about going to Chicago, were you scared? Uh, again, you're going to Israel here in a year. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going in with the full armor on and going to have a great time. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to Israel. It's going to be a great time. You can still sign up for that trip. Just email me actually at pastor Sean at real life.org pastor Sean at real life.org. If you're interested in going to Israel with us, we're, we're taking two groups in 2024. And again, our folks do a great job of safety and doing a first rate trip, but it's a wonderful experience, experiencing the places that Jesus walked and the places that our scripture, the setting of the scriptures. So we're, this is a trip that's available in November. I want to encourage you to check it out. You can go to reallife.org slash Israel to find out more. And you can just email me, Pastor Sean at reallife.org to get more information. Cool. All right. Final thought, Sean, do you have any eyeball at all on the NBA finals and the playoffs? Who are you going for? I'm not really a big follower in the NBA. The NBA lost me. Yeah. But the NFL draft is coming hey. up, so <laughs> just pray that the that Ryan Poles, general manager of the Chicago Bears, does well. You know, what I like as we as you just said, will you pray? We're not going to pray for that. But I, but I, okay, <laughs> but I would like you to pray for the single moms. Yeah, or the single dads, right? Hey, now. great call, Baron. Lord, I thank you, and I just pray for any parents who are listening now, mm-hmm. and they're they know mm-hmm. how hard it is to be a single parent. I just ask that you would bless them and encourage them and let them hear you and hear your voice right now. I pray that you would speak hope to them. Yes, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they would not withdraw because they feel like they're not doing it well. If I pray that they would engage, I pray that they would find Christian community so they wouldn't have to raise their kids alone. They could raise their kids with other believers and their kids could be influenced by that. Lord, let them know there's hope. Let them know that you're with them. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you meet every need, financial, relational, spiritual. I just pray that you would pour out your blessing. And I thank you, Lord, that we're never victims. We're never just the victim of our circumstances, but Lord, we always have hope in you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. What a fellowship. What a joy divinely leaning on the everlasting What a blessedness. What a peace is mine on the everlasting
Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.